Thanks for tuning in this morning. Uh, you are about to be tuned in to Wild Oak Living. And today we're going to be talking about hope and optimism and sources of good news. So please stay tuned for that. I hope it will be an inspiring program. So welcome to Wild Oak Living this morning. This is Johanna Weldock. This program comes to you. I bring this program to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. It alternates with the renewable energy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep doing this. Douglas Livingston reminded me that uh, I keep thinking back to the past when the renewable energy hour actually alternated with Wild Oak Living, but that hasn't been the case in a long time. No, Wild Oak Living alternates with the cannabis hour. Come to you every other Thursday as well. So again, welcome to Wild Oak Living. As I mentioned earlier today, I want to talk about hope, optimism, and source of good news. And I'd like to start out, and I have sort of a a, a, a melange of various uh, topics that fit into that into that overall uh, framework for the show today. I'm going to be talking about how we can continue to give in in and uh, and how we can deal with holiday stress, a little bit about how to, how to boost our immune system, um, and also some, some, um, inspiring thoughts about hope and optimism from, uh, Rob Bresney, with whom some of you may know, know he wrote, uh, in 2005, he wrote a book called Pronoia, which is the antidote to, par- antidote to paranoia. And I'm gonna, and he's just published, um, that book as a Kindle version, uh, online and, um, digital version. And in, in order to do that, he's written a new foreword, and I'm going to share some of the thoughts that he has in the foreword to his book and some more information about that inspiring book, which all these years later is still very apropos and still uh, still a very valuable resource if what you are trying to do is escape sort of the general paranoia. Let me start by two little stories that have come to my attention recently that I find it just extremely ex- inspiring. The first story um, is a local story, and I read about it on a local listserv, and I don't have the actual words of the email, the person who wrote about it in front of me, but I'm going to retell the story to the best of my recollection from reading the email. Okay, so this person writes on the Coast Listserv, the Mendocino Community Network Coast Coast Listserv, um, that uh, he or she was driving along and came... uh, uh, came up to the intersection of Highway 20 and Highway 1 in Fort Bragg, south of Fort Bragg, and uh, saw a, a dog in the intersection, run, just running around a dog, and was really concerned about the dog's safety, pulled over, and was about to try and capture the dog to so that it wouldn't get run over in the intersection. And just when this, this person was about to do that, uh, they saw a school bus pull up to the intersection and the person driving the school bus opened the door, the school bus door, called out to the dog and the dog jumped into the school bus and the school bus drove off. And uh, later we learned from the, I think from an, another email that was posted, we learned that the, the dog was uh, connected with the SOS 
um, network on the coast for animals that get lost or run away. And the dog was reunited with their owner, who I think was somebody for not, not from the area. I think their dog had run away or gotten lost or something. Anyway, what an inspiring story. The fact that, that the school bus driver came along at just that time and, and they thought to open the door and the dog was, you know, confident or scared enough to jump into the school bus, which is kind of surprised me. But anyway, inspiring story of one or two people making a difference in the life, not only of that little dog, but in the life of the people, you know, the family that this little dog belongs into, because I'm sure they were very relieved. So that's one inspiring story. Another inspiring story um, comes from uh, the state of New York, from the Buffalo area, where they have just had a huge snowstorm with more than four feet of snow and unfortunately many fatalities of people freezing to death in their cars because they couldn't, you know, their cars got snowed in or in their homes because their heating wouldn't work. Also many inspiring stories of people helping each other. And one such story uh, I read about in the New York Times that I want to share with you, and I'm just sort of going to paraphrase the bones of the story. There's a lot more detail if you want to go to the New York Times website and look for this story. Anyway, so this a tour bus of nine um, Korean tourists was underway in the snowstorm. Why wasn't really explained in the story why they would be driving around in the snowstorm. But anyway, they were trying to get to Niagara Falls. Now, why anybody would want to visit Niagara Falls in the snowstorm is also beyond me. But that's just sort of a background for the story. So nine Korean tourists who were underway from New York City to Niagara Falls and got stuck in the snowstorm, got stuck in a snowdrift um, outside and they just happened to be outside somebody's house. And so they could not reach anybody to help them. Nobody could get uh, to them to help them or to rescue them from their van and for, or from their little tour bus. And so they saw this house and they saw lights on in the house and they knocked on the door. And the couple that lives in this house, a dentist uh, and his wife, I think they said she's a nurse or something like that. Anyway, the, uh, they ask if they can come inside because they don't know what else to do. You know, it's too cold in their, in their tour bus. And so the couple invites them inside and it, and it turns out, and this is just the wonderful part of the story. It turns out that this couple who are, you know, sort of, uh, Caucasian American couple, um, happens to love Korean food and happens to have stocked their house for the holidays with all kinds of food, including many Korean com uh, condiments and, and, and ingredients. And so they spent the next, I think, two or three days, the, those nine Korean tourists spent the next two or three days cooking for everyone, cooking these Korean meals for everyone. And uh, everyone was happy. And I thought that was just a really, really inspiring story. And then finally, a quote that I heard this morning driving in, and I'm forgetting exactly in what context I heard it in. But a woman was talking about helping each other in this, in this snowstorm and how many people's lives were saved by simply neighbors helping neighbors. Um, and she said something along the lines of, um, you know, in, in, in situations like this, we can make things worse by turning on each other, or we can make things better by helping each other out. And such a, such a simple thought and such a powerful statement. Thanks for tuning in this morning in this um, sort of quiet time between the years. It tends to be, at least for me, a time when I 
tried to slow down a bit, although this year it's not really working out. But anyway, it still is kind of a, it's always been a kind of a reflective time for me. Um, and in, in, in German, for example, this time between Christmas and New Year's is called between the years. And that's sort of what it feels like. The old year isn't quite over yet and the new year hasn't quite started yet. So it's this sort of protected little zone where we can reflect and where we can maybe take a breather and slow down a bit. Um, this year, the holidays fall on the weekend, so unfortunately, you know, not much time off for people who go to work every day. But, um, um, you know, it's it's still kind of a, a time for, there could be a time for reflection. And uh, it's also, however, unfortunately, a, a time of stress for many people, holiday stress, family stress, sadness. And um, so I want to share some thoughts about how to deal with that stress. And I want to, sh before I do that, I want to talk about um, the sources of the information that I'm sharing with you today. Um, I mentioned earlier that I want this program to be about hope and optimism. And I, many years ago, did... Um, something called a news fast for almost two years, which means I didn't listen to the radio or read newspapers or or do anything other than read books for two years. And it was an amazing experience for me. It's not like I wasn't informed about what was going on, you know, because plenty of people still talk to you about what's happening, even if you don't listen to the news or read a paper or read online news. Um, but the, the direct impact of that kind of uh, exposure went away and it allowed me to gain some distance to, um, and, and, and to be more judicious, judicious and selective about what I take in. And it changed the way that I consume information. And even several years later now, it's, it's still influencing what I read and what I don't read and what I take in and what I don't try not to take in. I don't always have a choice. But um, it has also uh, caused me to look specifically and actively for sources of good news. Because what seems to drive the news cycle primarily is bad news. You know, murders, accidents, tragedies, um, natural disasters, all kinds of disasters, wars, etc. That's what seems to drive the news. And it's exhausting. Uh, of course, climate change, of course, you know, the big, big at the top of the news. It's of course, we need to know what's going on. And of course, we need to um, respond to what's happening around us. And we need to also do what we can to make a difference. But we don't have to actively subject ourselves to all this bad news news cycle all the time. Uh, there are antidotes. Um, and those antidotes can balance out that the, the impact of, of all the bad news. And two of the antidotes that I found that I value, and there are now actually, fortunately, several good sources, many actually good sources on the internet, if you look for them, if you simply type in good news, you'll find a lot of them. Um, the two that uh, that I want to mention today, just because I have some personal experience with them, one is called The Optimist Daily, uh, and that it came out of a magazine that some of you might remember, they used to be... Uh, I have actually forgotten the name of the magazine, but it, they, they started a magazine and then they switched it to become a website. And um, the website 
is called optimistdaily.com. So optimist singular, optimistdaily.com. And they have a number of categories of news stories, environment, science, business, politics, education, health, lifestyle. And then now they even have a, a special tab about the Ukraine uh, on this on this website. Um, and they also put out a somewhat daily, it doesn't always arrive every day, but a newsletter that, that gives just a short synopsis of their top good news uh, every day. And you can subscribe to that on their website and then you'll get this good news newsletter into your email. And I'm going to share a couple of stories from that site with you. Um, and the, the other source is uh, the Good News Network, and that's goodnewsnetwork.org. And um, that's uh, all, uh, a slightly more, I would say, a slightly more newsy kind of website. The, the Optimist is, is primarily stories and how-to and information, um, whereas the, the Good News Network is more of a, a like a news site, but focused on good news. And they also link you to uh, a lot of um, talks and podcasts and things in addition to things that you can read about. And time permitting, I'm going to share some stories from that site as well. So let me start, first of all, by reiterating you are listening to Wild Oak Living here on KZYX and Z, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wild Oak. I bring you this program every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. and it alternates with the Cannabis Hour. And it's all about sustainable living and building community right here in Mendocino County and beyond. And today I'm sort of, I'm doing sort of a reflective program about hope and optimism in this, as I call it, in-between years edition of Wild Oak Living. Um, I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank Everyone who's been tuning in to Wild Oak Living all year long, um, I realized today that uh, I've been doing this program now for more than 20 years, which is quite amazing to me. And I am really honored and grateful to have this opportunity to reach out to my community and to connect with you. And if you have some feedback or some suggestions for topics, I particularly like to cover solutions and people who are doing good things. And I'd like to help get the word out about that. And so if you have topics or suggestions, local books, uh, local events, um, local people doing, doing good work, please give me a, uh, and send me an email about it. Um, my email address is contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. I love to hear from listeners and, um, and I love to get uh, yeah, suggestions and input for future topics and feedback on programs that I've done. So please send me an email, contact at wildoak.org. Thank you. All right, let's go into this article, one of the articles from optimistdaily.com. And this has to do with... Um, Ways to cope with holiday stress. Uh, and I'm just going to quote a few sections of the article rather than try to p 
paraphrase it. So financial strain, social pressure, and countless to-dos make the period between things, uh, between make the, well, the holiday period the most stressful time of the year. According to numerous surveys, holidays may sometimes be painful reminders of those we've lost. And though many look forward to coming home for the holidays, visiting old friends and family might make you feel like you're re- re- reliving a past role that you've moved on from. I know what that feels like. Finally, celebratory eating, drinking, and not sleeping can disrupt our routines and make it hard to handle the excitement. And here are some tips from Catherine Mogil, who is a uh, psychologist and assistant clinical professor at the University of California in Los Angeles. And she confirms that the holidays can bring grief, trauma, and stress. But there are five mental health tips for the holidays that Dr. Mogil and other professionals suggest. And the first one of those five is leave perfectionism behind. Whether you're hoping your travels go smoothly, worrying about what you get grandma or trying to make a family-sized eggnog, it's easy to get caught up in executing the perfect holiday celebration. But idealizing might lead to disappointment. I know what that feels like. I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) No matter your holiday hosting experience, mishaps are inevitable. Be kind to yourself instead of being quick to judge your shortcomings and recognize that whatever you're doing is enough. Self-compassion boosts stress resilience and optimism regarding perceived setbacks. Give yourself the grace to not have everything be perfect, Dr. Mogul says. And the second of five tips is stick with some of your right routines. Humans benefit from routines. Research reveals that consistent healthy habits like eating well, exercising, and getting enough sleep reduce stress, improve mental health, and make our lives more meaningful. When you eat and drink more during the holidays, it's easy to lose track, which might disrupt disrupt your biological clock, clock and other essential bodily functions. Our normal schedules are very stabilizing for our stress levels. It's okay to indulge, but it's good to try and maintain at least some routines and healthy behaviors. David Spiegel, MD, Assistant Chair of Psychiatry at the Center of Stress and Health at Stanford University, says that rest and nutrition make our stress response systems more flexible. Try to get at least seven hours of sleep, limit alcohol, and balance sugary goodies with colorful fruits and veggies. Number three, pay attention to the positives. Since minor at a time's major anxieties tend to pile up during the holidays, it's it's important to be intentional about acknowledging the positives. Dr. Mogul suggests thinking about three things, big or small, new or old, that you're grateful for every morning. You'll appreciate it. Gratitude increases happiness and stress resilience, according to research. Think about what makes you happy. Your comfy bed, a cuddly pet, a nice encounter with someone else, a cherished memory with loved ones. Try as best as you can to savor those good moments, Dr. Mogul says. They can help you feel balanced. Gratitude is a big one for me. I try to focus on that a lot. Number four, find ways to be of service. Helping others when you need help may seem contradictory, yet some research suggests that kindness might boost our moods. 
There's no right or wrong way to accomplish this. For example, you can volunteer in a food kitchen on Christmas Day, but if this sounds like a big ask and you simply don't have that kind of bandwidth, you can give back in smaller, more manageable ways. For example, hold the door for a stranger, let somebody go in front of you in traffic, or buy a neighbor a coffee. Dr. Mogil argues that helping others and doing good in the world can stimulate dopamine, which is a feel-good hormone. And finally, number five tip for dealing with holiday stress is take breaks from all the action. Check in with yourself over the holiday season and assess your stress levels. Step back for a while if you're feeling overwhelmed or like others are violating your limits. Dr. Mogul suggests scheduling time for an activity that will allow you to decompress and order your thoughts. Excuse yourself to do something restorative or refreshing, like going for a walk or a jog, taking or pretending to take a nap, <laughs> reading a book, or listening to a favorite podcast. If that isn't possible, spend a few extra minutes in the shower or do some deep breathing exercises while getting ready. So those were five tips for dealing with holiday stress, five expert recommended ways. And I found those, as I said earlier, on a website called optimistdaily.com, optimistdaily.com. Um, lots and lots and lots of information that uh, is helpful or inspiring or reassuring uh, and, and works as a good antidote towards antidote for uh, anxiety and stress. And by way of that, ex uh, uh, of another example, one of the things um, that I most, they have a, a list right now of their top articles for uh, 2022. Uh, and one of those articles is, uh, actually their top article there is six ideas from around the world to boost happiness. And I like those because it's always interesting to see how other cultures um have found ways for dealing with stress or for building community or for for uh, promoting for building building resilience and so this author Helen Russell who is a journalist and she calls herself a global happiness expert and she also writes uh, wrote uh, a couple of books one of them is called the years the year of living danishly and the Atlas of Happiness. And she says that there are ways in which different nations worldwide ex enhance their experience of happiness through a mindset or an attitude that runs deep within the culture. So here are some examples. So she starts out by talking about, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, saudade from Brazil. In Brazilian Portuguese, there's something called saudade, which is a feeling of longing melancholy and nostalgia for a happiness that once was, or even a happiness you merely hoped for. The concept is so entrenched in Brazilian ideology that it's uh, celebrated every year on Saudade Day, which is January 30th. So that's coming up. Most of us will have experienced a bittersweet pleasure in moments of melancholy, flipping through old photos or caring about anyone enough to miss them when they're gone. These sentiments the sentimental moments can make us appreciate these memories even more and encourage us to pay attention to the details of the here and now. The concept of saudade reminds us to spend time remembering those we've loved and lost, then practice a being a little more grateful for the ones still around. So that's one concept of 
happiness from Brazil. Here's one from Greece called Meraki. According to Russell, who's writing this article, Meraki refers to an introspective, precise expression of care, usually applied to a cherished pastime. The idea behind Meraki is to challenge yourself to break up the monotony of your regular routine by intentionally carving out time to invest in activities that inspire and relax you. Having a passion that you can take pride in can be of extra benefit to those who can't say the same for their primary occupation, says Russell. It can also give you something to look forward to throughout the day, which will surely boost your happiness. So that's Meraki from Greece. And then there's something that uh, some of us mightn't recognize from the movies, uh, older movies. It's called Dolce Far Niente, and it's from Italy. This Italian phrase translates to the sweetness of doing nothing. Adding uh, the concept is all about savoring the moment and really enjoying the present. While many Western cultures tend to save up their fun quota for an annual escape or a boozy weekend, Italians spread it out over the minutes, hours, and days throughout the year. Adopting this attitude can remind you that you deserve to enjoy life all year round, not just while on vacation. Dolce far niente from Italy. This next one, I don't know if I can pronounce this correctly. I should have, I should have asked uh, Google how to pronounce it. Um, Friluftsliv, Friluftsliv from Norway. F-R-I-L-U-F-T-S-L-I-V. Friluftsliv, I think. Um, this is the concept. It translates to free air life. Free luft sliv. So free air life in an article um, about enjoying outdoor socials, even in cold winter conditions in Norway, time spent outdoors is central to their way of life. But the concept of free Luftsliv is, isn't just about being outside. It's about engaging with nature in an intentional way. Most Norwegians believe you have to work for things to earn them with physical endeavors or by battling the elements. Only once you've literally climbed a mountain in the rain and cold can you truly enjoy your dinner. Now, not all of us will be climbing mountains regularly or even live in a landscape where that's an option, but embrace the spirit of free lufts live by going for a walk or sitting in your garden, watching the birds visit your bird feeder, or just watching the birds, even if you don't have a bird feeder. I, I like to watch the birds in the hummingbirds. I do have a hummingbird feeder. So that was Free Lufts Live from Norway. And uh, this one, next one is even harder to pronounce. It's from Sweden and it's called Smultronstille. Smultronstille. S-M-U-L-T-R-O-N-S-T-A umlaut L-L-E. Smultronstille, which literally translated means Field of wild strawberries. <laughs> what a wonderful word for, word for field of wild strawberries or wild strawberry patch. It is to establish a place to go when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed where you know you won't be disturbed. Even though the phrase is linked to the outdoors, you can also practice this indoors as long as it's your happy place that you just, that just makes you feel better. 
Having a Smutzronstelle can be a great way to stay calm, restore balance, and feel rejuvenated. I have a great story to tell about st- Strawberry Patch, if I remember it in a moment. But let me let me cover the last of these um, happiness concepts from around the world that are that are written about uh, on the OptimistDaily.com website. So the last one is Wabi Sabi from Japan. Our society often values perfection, which may lead us to put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our performance in life and work. However, the Japanese philo- philosophy of Wabi Sabi, which translates to the beauty of imperfection, can help relieve us of this weight. Accepting the beauty in in imperfection can make us feel better when things don't turn out exactly as planned. And uh, a physical manifestation of this wabi-sabi concept is something called kintsugi. It it refers to the ancient Japanese art of repairing broken ceramics with gold or metallic lacquer. While many of us may discard broken teacups, believing it has been rendered useless, King Tsugu celebrates this imperfection by piecing the shattered pieces together extravagantly, highlighting the scar in a manner that makes it even more beautiful than when it was whole or perfect. And of course, um, cracks is where the light comes in to cite a famous artist, singer-songwriter, whose name escapes me now. But I wanted to tell you a, this a story that I, I just remembered when I read about the wild strawberry patch. And this is actually one of several wonderful stories that are, I mentioned earlier, a website called um, goodnewsnetwork.org. And one of the stories on that website uh, is ab- about the best, the best animal stories of the year. And... Um, I can't quite pull up the story right now. I don't know why it's, it, it seems to have escaped, seems to have escaped my, my computer here. But anyway, let me just, let me just tell you uh, the story that it inspired me to tell you, um, reading about strawberries. There is a couple and they're both veterinarians. They're in their early forties now and they met about 20 years ago doing some kind of veterinary research and they finally got married recently 20 years later and um their their pet is actually a very large turtle i mean by by, and by large i mean you know like i don't know 2 2 feet across or something like that a big turtle um i forget what kind of turtle and this is their pet, and what they decided is that when they got married and they would walk down the aisle, the, the turtle would be their ring bearer. Now, turtles walk very slowly, so this was a very wa- long walk down the aisle, but you might still be wondering, how did they even get the turtle to walk down the aisle? Well, what they did is they know that this turtle loves strawberries, and this is where the field of strawberries come in, so they... So they laid, uh, they laid out strawberries all the way down the aisle and the turtle slowly moved forward eating the strawberries and eventually they arrived at the end of the aisle and, um, the ring that, which was positioned on the back of the turtle arrived at the end of the aisle as well. Another, another wonderful story. This one, as I said, from goodnewsnetwork.org. You are listening to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. This program is all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. Today, 
my topic is hope and optimism and sources of good news. And what I've been talking about is two websites that have inspiring information and, and good news. One is called optimistdaily.com and the other one is called goodnewsnetwork.org. Uh, and there are many more out there. As I said earlier, if you just put in good news into Google, uh, you'll find, you'll find lots of information. And, um, one short little article I wanted to share with you, um, and, and then I'll just tell you about some others that you can go look up yourself on Optimist Daily. So there's a, there's a really cool article uh, about snacking your stress away. Um, so if you are like me, a stress eater, there are ways that you can direct your stress eating <laughs> to actually relieving your stress and not just uh, satisfying our sugar cravings or whatever cravings you have when you're stressed out. So that's an article on optimistdaily.com. And, um, and another one is strengthening our immune system. There are three tips for strengthening our immune systems, three simple tips. And actually, I think I will just share those uh, right now because they're short. Um, and then I will move on to Pronoia and Rob Bresky, as I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the, of the program. So three healthy habits to boost your immune immunity during this cold and flu season. You might know that we are in the middle of this triple-demic of COVID flu and RSV, and then plus on top of that, many other viruses and bacterial infections that are going around. So so boosting our immune system is a good idea. And so the first thing to do to is to boost your immune system is establish a regular sleep routine. A good night's sleep is essential to health and immunity at any time of the year, but it's especially important when you're feeling under the weather. Um, if you've ever fallen ill after partying all weekend, uh, you know that you can safely rule out coincidence. Scientific evidence supports the wisdom of prioritizing sleep over other activities. For example, um, a study involving 153 men and women found that those who had shorter sleep duration in the week preceding exposure to a rhinovirus were more susceptible to the virus. Your chances of getting a cold increase if you get less than seven hours of sleep per night, which also increases your risk for cardiovascular sleep, uh, disease. Um, there is no one size fits all, of course, uh, for, for maintaining a consistent sleep schedule, but these sleep tests, um, from Olympians, uh, oh, but they, they link to sleep tests, sleep tips from Olympians that you can read about, but I'm not going to go there, but you can go to optimistdaily.com and look for that information. So the second of the three tips that they give for boosting our immune system is don't skip your vitamin C. Um, why does vitamin C play such a crucial role in boosting the immune system? Because it promotes the generation of lymphocytes too, a type of white blood cell that helps fight off infections caused by bacteria and viruses. It also aids in the eating and destruction of harmful microbes by neutrophil-3, another type of white blood cell. Vitamin C serves vital purposes for the body, particularly when it comes to maintaining a healthy immune system. The best way to make sure you're getting the recommended daily amount of vitamin C, uh, if you don't want to keep track of what you eat, is to take a supplement. But of course, there's lots of vitamin C also in various foods. And 
It just so happens that winter, when all of these viruses like to travel around, is also citrus season. And so now there's wonderful oranges and, and lemons and, and uh, mandar especially mandarin oranges around that can provide vitamin C in addition to, of course, supplements. And the third tip for boosting your immune system is keep stress to a minimum. It's not easy to simply stop stressing, regardless of whether your main source of stress is your job, your relationship, your finances, or whatever else. However, there are some activities that have been shown to help alleviate some of that stress, which is actually crucial for maintaining a healthy immune system that can effectively fight off colds. Stress suppresses our immune system, uh, our immune response, because it causes our body to produce the hormone cortisol. Cortisol itself interferes with the ability of specific white blood cells called T-cells to proliferate and get signals from the body. In addition, it lowers an important antibody called secretory IgA, which lines the respiratory tract and gut and is our first line of defense against invading pathogens. How can you then break this stress pattern? A study published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine suggests that meditation raises levels of IgA, the same antibody that cortisol suppresses. If meditation isn't your thing, don't worry. There are many other stress-relieving activities you can incorporate into your daily life, such as snuggling your pet or tapping into your creative side, or, as I found, going for a gentle walk. I'm not into uh, hiking or jogging or strenuous exercise, but I like to go for gentle walks. they almost always make me feel better. And especially if while I'm walking, I reflect on what I'm grateful for and I reflect on my surroundings, connecting with whatever it is that surrounds you as you're moving through it uh, is, is a really important way to keep you in the present and in the now and to keep your mind from going backwards or forwards. All right, you are listening to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. Today I am talking about hope and optimism and I mentioned, and, and sources of good news. And I mentioned at the beginning of the program <clears throat> that I was inspired. One of the things that inspired me to do this program, excuse me, frog, um, is um, reading on the Good News Network on this site, goodnewsnetwork.org about Rob Bresny, who many years ago in 2005 wrote a book called Pronoia. And Pronoia, let me just pull up this, this information so I can share it with you. So Pronoia is the antidote for paranoia, how the whole world is conspiring to shower you with blessings. And Rob Bresny and his last name is spelled B-R-E-Z-S-N-Y, B-R-E-Z-S-N-Y, Rob Bresny, wrote this book, as I said, in 2005, and recently published a, um, a digital edition of this book. And he wrote a, a foreword to the ebook edition uh, of his book called Pro Neuer. And Pro Neuer, by the way, just if you want to look it up, is spelled... P-R-O-N-O-I-A, pro-noia, the antidote for paranoia. And in this foreword, 
that he wrote. He writes a bit about why he's publishing this digital edition all these years after ha- having published the paperback copy of the book. And by the way, Rob Bresney was on Wild Dog Living all these many years ago. And I looked for a recording of that interview because I wanted to play you some excerpts, but I I have not found it yet. But if I find it again, I will play it for you. He's a really, really funny guy. And um, he, in addition to having written this book, uh, which I will tell you more about in a moment, he also does a weekly, um, a sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh, astrology session. And um, you can subscribe to that, and it comes into your inbox once a week. And I I really enjoy that. I think it's it's inspiring, it's funny, and it's sometimes also deep. So, so I wanted to share with you his reasons for revisiting this book, Pronoia, The Antidote to Paranoia. And he has a lot of reasons that he quotes, that he cites, that he's come up himself. And then he also quotes some other people who have inspiring reason for having hope and optimism. And basically, this book is all about hope and optimism. And here's how he explains why, um, why he he revisited his book and published this this uh, digital edition, and it says, "I'm sorry, I must, I lost my place." Uh, one set of influ- uh, evidence that influenced my ruminations is that is the cascade of progressive advances that have blossomed alongside the deterioration. The joyous upgrades are too numerous to list in their entirety, but I'll name a few. And then he goes on to list this list, which I will go through in a moment. But just remember that the original book was written in 2005, and now he's revisiting this. And so he's looking back a bit for what are some of the actually really great things that have happened in these last 15 years or so since his book came out. So same-sex marriage is now widely supported. Discrimination against gay people has declined precipitously. It hasn't gone away, but it has declined. Breakthrough improvements in welcoming broader definitions of gender identity are far from complete, but they have generated significant shifts. Young people are extraordinarily liberal and progressive to a degree that surpasses all previous generations. The traditional family with its rigid gender roles and retrograde values is in steep decline. More than half of newborn babies in the U.S. are racial or ethnic minorities, as are the majority of K-12 students in public schools, and minorities are progressives' strongest constituency. The Me Too movement has been highly effective in checking sexual abuse abuse and harassment, and a robust majority of Americans wants the government to guarantee health care. So those are some of the reasons he is feeling inspired, and he's um, revisiting this concept of pronoia and and the book that he's written about it. Um, And then he he goes on um, to say, A robust majority of Americans uh, are in favor of making immigration easier, believe discrimination against black people is still uh, a big problem. Um, Two-thirds of Americans express some support for the Black Lives Matter movement. There are well over a million organizations engaged in a global crusade to improve social justice, economic conditions, human rights, and environmental health. It thrives without centralized leadership, charismatic front people, or a fixed ideology. The author and activist Rebecca Solnit, a savvy critic of our era's sickness, 
nonetheless exults in the tremendous human rights achievements that have burgeoned not only in gaining rights, but in redefining race, gender, sexuality, embodiment, spirituality, and the idea of a good life. So he talks a bit about how he meditated on all of this, and then goes on, and this again is Rob Bresny, the author of a book called Pronoia. And then he goes on to talk about how we really don't know how things will turn out. Um, a strong case can be made that in the next hundred years, everything will collapse into a miserable dystopia. A strong case can also be made that we are evolving, albeit with a bumpy rhythm in the de direction of paradise. And there's not a single genius anywhere on the planet who has the wisdom to formulate an incontrovertible prediction. Whether we are on the threshold of a golden age or on the brink of a global cataclysm that will extinguish our civilization is not only unknowable, but undecided, said the founder of the World Future Society. Anyone who asserts they do know is cherry-picking evidence to justify their emotional bent. The variables are chaotic and abundant and beyond our ken. In light of the fact that no one knows nothing, the eminently practical and sensible approach is to do all we can to create a golden age. Not just for ourselves, since that wouldn't be a real golden age, but for every human and every creature on earth. And then he brings in some more people to bolster and, ref uh, and refine his thoughts. And one is somebody that you'll recognize, uh, that we've often heard from on this radio station, and that's Howard, Howard Zinn. And he talks about what an optimist is. An optimist isn't necessarily a blithe, slightly sappy whistler in the dark of our time. To be hopeful in bad times is not just foolish romantic, foolishly romantic. It is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, and kindness. What we choose to emphasize in this complex history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act and at least the possibility of sending the spinning top of a world in a different direction. If we do act, and in however small a way, small way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presents. And to, the, and to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvelous victory. All right, I'm going to take a little break here now. This information, as I said, from the foreword, to a book called Pronoia, The Antidote to Paranoia, subtitle How the Whole World is Conspiring to Shower You with Blessings. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's a revised and expanded edition out now as, as both as a paperback and as a Kindle edition. The author is Rob Bresny, B-R-E-Z-S-N-Y. Uh, and you can find it at various book outlets or, or get a digital copy online. And it's, it's kind of a, it, 
inspiring reading and also it's kind of a workbook so you don't have to like read the whole book in fact he says you can read it one of three ways you can use it one of three ways you can read it from the beginning to end you can read it from the end to the beginning or you can just jump in randomly and uh, see if there's something in there that benefits you i'd like to uh, now provide an opportunity for all of you dear listeners if you have some inspiring thoughts for us um, based on what you've heard during this program, or if you uh, want to connect in some way and share some information or some inspiration with us or talked about what makes you hopeful, um, let's take a couple minutes to do that. We don't have too much time, but we have time for one or two calls. If you would like to give us a call and, and uh, talk on the air about what inspires you, what makes you hopeful. Uh, do you have some other sources of good news that you've come to value and that and that you go to and uh, um, online or in in other ways? By the way, one. So let me give you the phone number. Uh, the phone number is seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. If you want to give us a call, I want to also mention that one source of news um, that I found that often brings us good news about what's happening right here in our local community are our local news outlet to begin with, of course, KZYX. And I hope uh, KZYX is a really important part of your life. And if so, I hope that perhaps you will consider making an end of your gift uh, to KZYX. You can do that by going to kzyx.org, our website, or by calling the station during business hours at 895-2324. Um, so, much positive information, information in general, but also positive information about what's happening in our community is from local news sources. So our local newspapers, for example, the Willits News, the Ukiah Daily Journal, uh, there's several, several news outlets on the coast, Mendo Voice, uh, which is an online news outlet. Um, lots of sources of inspiring and good information about our community. For example, I, I read a couple of days ago about how, the, how much money the food bank was able to raise here in Ukiah. Very inspiring. The, the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, many, many organizations that work daily and tirelessly. Um, the various family services outlets, Tapestry Family Services, the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. There are so many organizations, the Community Foundation of Mendocino County and the, all the organizations they support, North Coast Opportunities. Um, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to leave many, many, many organizations out. I know I am. Um, but um, just, you know, look around. There are so many organizations that do good that you could connect with and support uh, as a volunteer or as it or with your donation or if you need their services that you can connect with them and avail you, yourself of their services um, i find again and again in talking with people who volunteer for re, for organizations that outreach is a major challenge getting the information to people about services that are available to the people who need those services and 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 getting them to take advantage of those services is a challenge for many organizations and that's also where volunteers can come in. So if you're looking for an opportunity to volunteer in the new year, maybe help a local organization with their outreach and with reaching their community and providing services to their community. Uh, Annie Liner was on my show a couple of weeks ago from the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. And she mentioned, you know, that um, she was doing this interview 
um, in, you know, in her nightgown and robe and her slippers. And so not all volunteer activities involve necessarily going out and doing things physically. You can, there's also many that you can do on your computer or your home. So let's see. We do have somebody here on the phone. So hello, caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Hmm. Hello? Oh, looks like we lost that caller. Sorry about that caller. If you would call back, maybe I can pick you up this time. Okay. I think I just pushed a button to disconnect the call. I am so sorry. Please try again. We have a couple more minutes, so please try again and call in, and hopefully I will be able to pick you up this time and not push the wrong button. Okay, so as I was saying, there are many volunteer opportunities that don't involve going out. I mean, if you are somebody who likes to be social or who is looking for more social connection, then obviously volunteering and doing things that connect you, uh, you know, with other people uh, in a social setting would probably be the thing to do. But if you're a bit shy, you want to help out, but you're a bit shy and you're not, or you're not physically able to go out a lot and do things, you know, out in the community, there are many organizations that can that can use your volunteer services um, you know by making phone calls or doing computer work or or um, you know pro providing services that you can provide from from your home from your desk or from your living room chair so check it out uh, connect with some local organizations and here we have one more phone call let's see Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Duck Living. If I didn't go through before, I was calling about the village event on January 8th. Tell us about it. All right. Oh, okay. You're there. Um, on the 8th, the Anderson Valley Village at the Senior Center is doing a an interesting afternoon at 3 o'clock, and they're having about 10 different organizations that are ways to volunteer come and talk for about five minutes each about their various organizations. So not only is that a good way to get involved, but coming to a village meeting is also a good way to get involved. So on, Again, the, on the 8th? Mm -hmm. On the 8th at, at 3 o'clock at the uh, Senior Center in Anderson Valley. Wonderful. Thank you so much and for there's sharing. Always, there's mm -hmm. always yummy things to eat and a door prize and wow. fun had by all. The first part is always a little bit of social time and then the presentations will happen. Great. Thank so, you. Hope, hope people can join. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad this listener called in with that information. An opportunity in Anderson Valley to connect with local organizations and volunteer. We're getting more phone calls, but unfortunately, we're almost up to the top of the hour. So this is to be I'm going to do another program two weeks from now where at least part of the program we're going to revisit this and the whole idea of volunteering and connecting with our community. And maybe we'll talk about New Year's resolutions and what inspires us for the new year. So sorry, dear caller. I know you're trying to get in, but uh, we have uh, I have to hand off at 10 o'clock, and it's 10 o'clock. Thanks for listening to Wild Oak Living. Please tune in again two weeks from now, and please go to kzyx.org and, and support KZYX uh, to make a strong going 
into the new year. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.